Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. We've been asking the question each week, what would or what could Sabbath look like in your life? And we've had some great discussion in our small group regarding this, people and families talking about what it looks like in their context. And um, what I'm most excited about is people are taking this information home and, and you're discussing it as a family. And I think as we learn more about Sabbath and how to rest in a biblical way, that God is going to honor that. And that we are going to be a refreshed people able to fulfill the mission that God has before us. Because how many of you know you can't fulfill the mission if you're just completely exhausted? Uh, so far, a quick review, we've looked at the Ten Commandments. And we talked about how the Fourth Commandment is often the most forgotten and abused. It's actually worn as a badge of honor. Oh, I'm working seven days a week. And our lack of rest has become really a symbol of status. Being busy strokes our ego. Because if I'm busy, then what that says about me is that I must be important. And first of all, we know that a life without rest is not sustainable. You can do it for a little while, but eventually lack of rest will catch up to you. It's almost like God gives us an option. You can rest my way or you can push yourself beyond your limits and you'll end up sick in bed flat on your back. How many of you ever been through a season just pushing, pushing, pushing? Your immune system gets down. You're not sleeping well. And then you're like, I don't have time to rest. And then all of a sudden you're in bed for four days because you could because you were so sick. Now, when we use our work as our source of fulfillment, our work really has become an idol. And as Christ followers, our identity is to be found in Jesus and what he's accomplished. So a life of no rest is really a life of idolatry because it's like we're saying I'm in control. And we also talked about the Ten Commandments, how they are not a means to salvation. Keeping or breaking the Ten Commandments does not make us righteous or unrighteous. Just as Jesus is our source of fulfillment, Jesus is also our source or our righteousness. Remember the ancient prophet Isaiah said, all of our righteousness as plural are as filthy rags. All of the good things that I do that I consider as righteous Scripture calls them dirty and filthy. That doesn't even include the bad things that I do. So while we said that the Ten Commandments are no longer a means to salvation, they are principles of wisdom that will lead to a blessed life. God hasn't changed His mind on whether murder or adultery or stealing is okay. He also hasn't changed His mind about Sabbath and rest. All right, let's fast forward from that to two weeks ago. I gave you two points. We said that we work from rest, not for rest. God's way of doing things is rest first, work second. Right? We've been talking about this off and on for at least a year, where we, we be before we do. Is that, anybody remember talking about that? Our doing for God must flow from our being with God. We cannot and should not take on more than our physical, mental, and emotional input can sustain. When we live like this, that's where burnout happens. And we have a lot going on in our church right now. You know, Kate and I were talking last night. She's like, don't put anything else on the calendar. <laughs> Nothing else goes on the calendar until 2023. And, uh, and she's right, because there's a lot of things, and it's ironic. We're hitting our busy season. The holidays are here. We're very generous during that season. And it's like every week, right? This opportunity, that opportunity, and this opportunity. We're doing all of these things. And so I'm going to caution you, even though I'm saying, hey, get involved, be careful. Because if your spiritual and emotional and physical reserves are empty, you can't give. Yeah. And I give you permission 
to not come. If you're on a verge of break, of burnout, and you're just, I just can't, I can't do it, then you need to rest. However, if you're full, you better be here. <laughs> All right, Sabbath number two point uh, from a couple weeks ago was Sabbath takes faith. It's a reminder and an acknowledgement that he's in control and I am not. It's a moment. Sabbath is a weekly moment to surrender my life to Christ all over again. A moment to say, I can't do this on my own. And so I release everything, everything to you. Now, today is not going to be really preachy. Uh, I've titled this message FAQs and how to's. Uh, we've spent three weeks laying a foundation. And today, and if you have if you've missed those, I'd encourage you to go back and listen uh, we'll talk about this again moving forward because I want this to be an ongoing principle that we're honoring in our lives because I believe that it will produce results that we've never experienced in our life, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally. Uh, so today, FAQs and how-tos. We're going to be all practical today. Now, let me again say, as we've talked about in previous messages, that Sabbath or God's rest is bigger than just one day per week. When we place our trust Fully in Christ, we can live completely at rest all of the time. Jesus is our rest. Now, even though we should be at rest in Jesus all of the time, what I am encouraging us to do is to implement a weekly 24-hour period of time to stop working. So let me also say this is going to look different for everyone. People with small kids like us, um, we were talking even Thursday about small groups and what that looks like. There's never a moment that you're not working or doing something because you have children that you have to take care of. So this is going to look different for everybody. People with small kids, people that are empty nesters, people that are retired, people that are first responders and people that are do shift work. Like this looks very, very different for everybody. Um, you don't, some of some you don't have a set day off. Your day off is different every single week. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Uh, and so let's, let's, talk, let's talk through that. Um, again, FAQs and how-tos. I am not personally a student of Jewish culture. Ms. Dawn did a great job of giving us some knowledge on, on e-groups this past Thursday. I don't really have a deep understanding of their calendar, their festivals, or their practices. But traditionally, a Jewish Sabbath would have, would have been from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. Now, in our family... Uh, we are also using Friday evening to Saturday evening as our Sabbath. We begin at 6 p.m. on Friday and we end at 6 p.m. on Saturday. The choosing of that day for us has nothing to do with the Jewish practice, but is based on our personal work schedules. Now, at some point in church history, they begin meeting and worshiping on the first day of the week. And so for Christians all over the world, Sunday has been viewed as a Sabbath. Now, I, I personally, I enjoy Friday night to Saturday being our Sabbath. But if we weren't working on Sundays, um, we'd possibly switch our Sabbath to be in from Saturday to Sunday. So that leads me to one of the most common questions that people ask is, does have, Sabbath have to be on Sunday? Or if you're a student of Jewish culture, you might say, does it have to be on Saturday? No, it doesn't. Uh, Paul said this in Romans chapter 14. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. So you should choose whatever day works best for your schedule. Again, for our context, Sunday is a work day. 
while we worship through our work, it's not feasible for us to utilize Sunday as our Sabbath. So in this season, our family has chosen Friday to Saturday. So question number two, what do I do on Sabbath? And a lot of these questions, again, are very nuanced. Uh, Again, it depends on your context. Um, I think another way to ask this question, maybe as a sub-question, would be what do I not do on Sabbath? And the answer to that is work. Sabbath, the literal definition, the literal definition means cease, desist, or rest from work. All right, so that might mean you're not checking your emails on the Sabbath. That, when that, that line hits, remember a few weeks ago I talked about the food network and when the, when the time goes off, uh, somebody's time went off just right then. <laughs> when the time goes off that you are, you know, hands up, right? You're not, you're not adding icing. You're not adding garnish. You're not making it look any way. You've got that set time. And so Sabbath is kind of that way. It's that I'm throwing my hands up. I'm not in control anymore. Um, and that's kind of how that works. So you're not checking emails. You're not having phone calls about work. You're not, you're not dialoguing about work. It's, and that's hard, you know, because our work and life, the boundaries are so blurred now. A lot of you in the room, myself included, we work from home. Our office is at home. Our email is on our phone. Like there's no, there's, there's no separation from it all. So it's very difficult. So you have to be intentional about it. So what do you not do? You don't work. Now, for some of you, uh, getting on your lawn tractor, putting on some good music in your headphones and cutting grass for a few hours is refreshing. Like you're out there and you're in the, in the yard and you're in nature and that's, that's good. You love that, right? But that's work for other people. You're like, I'm not doing that. I, that's work for me. I'm not interested. So while one person may mow their grass on Sabbath, another may take a nap on their couch. And we can't dictate to others what refreshes them. And if you're not participating in Sabbath, you certainly should just keep your comments to yourself. Uh, one time we were doing the Daniel Fast. Anybody familiar with Daniel Fast? Uh, it's a tw- we were doing 21 days. This is when I was actually working with Pastor Ted. Miss um, Dawn was talking about. If you're not familiar with what it is, it's basically 21 days of fruits and veggies. Um, no meat, no sugar, no caffeine. So you can imagine how grumpy everyone is for the first week or so. Um, so we started this 21 day fast. I was youth pastoring then and I walked into the youth room or the youth facility getting ready to start the service. So Wednesday was a long day for me. You get there early. You're there all day prepping. You know, and then service starts and we're out of there, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So it's like a 12, 13 hour day. So I always kept stuff at church, right? Toothbrush, D.O. for the B.O., whatever you need, right? I keep it there. But on this particular night, as I was walking into the youth room, I was chewing uh, gum. Mind you, it was sugar-free gum. And I was on the Daniel Fast, to which one of my youth leaders, who was not participating in the Daniel Fast at all, let me know, you can't chew gum on the Daniel Fast. I was like, yeah, you're not supposed to punch people either. But if you get up in my space again, I haven't had a Coke in a week. I need you to get. Anyway, my point is it's going to look different for everybody. All right. If I'm chewing gum on the Sabbath, mind your own business. Uh, It's going to look different. We got to give people grace. All right. Um, Now, secondly, work is what we don't do. But what do we do? I'm going to give you four things, and this really could have been a whole sermon in itself, uh, but I decided to go ahead and expedite this and kind of move this through. Okay, so this is the four things that you do. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. This is what your Sabbath should look like. Now, the word stop is literally part of the definition of Sabbath, right? It means to stop or to cease from all work that's paid and unpaid. 
We stop on the Sabbath because God is on the throne, assuring that the world will not fall apart if we cease our activities. On Sabbath, we embrace our limits. We let go of the illusion that we are indispensable. That's what we do. So the first thing we do is stop. The second thing we do is rest. Once we stop, we rest. We spent a lot of time discussing this in the past few weeks. God rested after his work and was refreshed. He modeled and exemplified a Sabbath rest for us. We too should take time to stop and rest. Thirdly, delight. And this is very important. Delight. When God created the world, he stepped back and he said, it is very good. That word, the implication of that word in the Hebrew is delight. And so God delighted in his creation. We are to do the same. God has given us innumerable gifts, people, places, things, uh, things that give you joy and delight. So on the Sabbath, that's what you do. You rest and you do things that bring you delight. So if you're out on the lawnmower and that brings you delight, okay, I'm not going to say, well, you're working. You know what I mean? This is about grace and not about rules and regulations. This is about me being intentional with my relationship with the Father, taking 24 hours a day and saying, for the next 24 hours, I'm going to just increase my awareness of who He is, where He is, and what He's doing, what He's doing in the earth. Finally, contemplate. This is just meditating on God's love. Meditating on God's love is the central focus of Sabbath. Sabbath is to be holy to the Lord. Remember, anybody remember what holy means? I hear people whispering. Does anybody remember what it means? Set apart. So holy means set apart. So what makes the Sabbath holy is you set it apart with intentionality to say, okay, the next 24 hours, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to live a life that's, that's refreshing. Now this ties into another uh, frequently asked question. What's the difference in Sabbath and a day off? Again, it's the holiness. It's the separation. I'm separating this day. On the day off, we can stop, we can rest, and we can delight. But without contemplation of the love of God, we're not being refreshed in spirit, soul, and body. We're only partially being refreshed. Let me give you a practical example. Um, going back to people who enjoy yard work. I enjoy being outside, but I don't particularly feel refreshed or feel delight when I'm working in a garden or trimming things or whatever. So if I had a garden, which I don't because I don't like gardening, uh, <laughs> but if I did, that would be work for me. And so I would not be doing that on my Sabbath. Um, and I know that's not the case, but others of you love it. That brings you great joy and refreshment and delight. So it's this, again, it's this separation from what I do on my day off versus my Sabbath. And I know, you know, from that context, now we're talking about having two days off. And some people, that's not possible. Some people are working six days a week. And you're like, how am I going to have 24 hours if I'm working six days a week and catch up on my yard and catch up on the housework and do all the things that I have to do and still have 20? You know, like, again, when I started this series, I was like, I don't know everything there is to know about it. I, I don't know the answer to that. There are definitely some complicated things when you begin to dive into. All, that's why I said it's very nuanced and it's very different for every person. But I think it's worth seeking the Lord and saying, God, if you want me to do this, then I need you to make a way. 
I need you to show me what my path forward looks like. So what do we do? We stop, we rest, delight, and contemplate. Now, FAQs and how-tos. Let me give us a how-to. In order to observe Sabbath, there has to be preparation because there are things that have to get done. On some levels, it's like going on vacation. I mean, how many of you make a checklist when you go on vacation before you go? It's, can you lift your head so I can know who I'm talking to? Uh, checklist. Who makes a checklist before they go out of town? How many of you don't? You're like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, whether you make a checklist or you don't, when you go on vacation, there's preparation involved on the front end. Um, There are certain things that have to be completed before you leave. Now, while Sabbath is a 24-hour period to stop work, even if some things are incomplete, remember, we're throwing up our hands, it's also very difficult for most of us to just leave tasks open-ended. you know, Katie had forgotten to do something on Friday, and then on Saturday, I walked in, she had her computer, I was like, why is your computer open? She was like, don't fuss at me, and I was like, your computer's open, and she's like, I gotta do this one thing I forgot, and I was like, your computer's open, and so then I was yelling at her, I didn't give her grace, I was just yelling at her, and she was like, you're so mean, you ruined the whole day, and no, she didn't say that, but anyway, but things happen, right, things happen. All right, so we do those tasks. We can't leave, a lot of us, what I was saying was, most of us don't like to leave tasks open-ended. And so the day of preparation, you know it's coming, and so you get those things, you get those things done. And again, this is something that we've had to work through. I think it was the second week that we observed Sabbath as a family, which was over a year ago. We realized that there were things that had to be done before we could enjoy time off. It was week two again for three of, or, or three of, Week two or three for us, and Katie had been working frantically, trying to get done by six. I was working frantically, trying to get everything done by six. We both work from home, and when we're both intently working, you know, with a three and four year old at the time, or a two and four year old, I don't know how they were, but <laughs> the house looks like a bomb went off. Yeah. So six o'clock hit, and the house was like, okay, now what are we gonna do? So we spent the first hour of Sabbath cleaning and straightening and putting things back in order. And at that time, again, we were still just trying to figure this thing out. There wasn't any grace in our life for it. We were mad. I was mad. We were supposed to be doing Sabbath, and now I'm doing dishes, and I'm doing this. I'm doing all these things. And it was frustrating, but it was a learning lesson for us. Things have to be prepared. And so, I don't know, I mean, any other... Parents of children can relate to that as soon as you clean something up, something else. Your kids are old. They're still doing that? Yeah, maybe that's a better question. How many spouses can relate to that? As soon as you clean something up, your husband goes in there and messes it up. And... <laughs> so, not being prepared derailed our Rest. This is actually scripture. Mark chapter 15, 42 says it was preparation day. That is the day before Sabbath. Luke 23, 54. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. In order to enter into the rest that God provides, there must first be preparation. Now, I know I've said this uh, before, but maybe maybe it'll make more text in this context or make more sense in this context. Since we begin our Sabbath as a family as, at 6 p.m. on Friday, and I said this before, but I have an alarm that goes off at 3.30 p.m. 
that says, it goes off, you know, and it flashes on my screen, prepare for Sabbath. Now, that lets me know that I've got to start wrapping up. It takes, that gives me two and a half hours to finish up. If I'm working on the presentation for the thing, then I'm, you know, I've got certain goals at a certain time that things have to be done. And so I'm trying to get those things done. It lets me know that there's a deadline. Now, if we go over, Katie and I now learned this to communicate. Say, hey, I got derailed today. This is taking me a little bit longer. Let's bump it to seven. And again, we're just having, having grace. And I know that sounds a bit legalistic. And we talked about this in small groups. We have to be careful that Sabbath doesn't become some legalistic, ritualistic practice. Oh, I have to do. I have to do this. And now it gives me low life because that's the opposite of what Sabbath is for. We're, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to be ready. You, we're taking the life out of the refreshing moment that God's trying to present or trying to allow us to have. Anybody remember TV before streaming or on demand? Nobody. Okay. Uh, Netflix has erased our memories. Uh, anybody remember TV before DVR? Uh, it was it's such a part of our lives now. It's honestly hard to remember what life was like without having everything at our fingertips at a moment's notice. You ever travel with your kids who have never experienced that? You know, the hotel doesn't have the channels and they're like, I want to watch it. Well, we can't. And then they start crying. They're like, what do you mean they don't have it? Like this is hotel such 1950. Anyway. Um, some of you remember this, but for those who have had on-demand television all your life, this, uh, I mean, there was a time in history when you really had one opportunity to see your favorite show. If you missed it, you missed it. Uh, or if you missed the big game, that's it. You missed it. You're catching highlights on ESP, and there was no DVR to record every game. Uh, I remember my dad, and this, you know, this is kind of predates DVR. How many of you recorded something on a VCR? Yes. Yeah. My... <laughs> My dad would record Star Trek over the, on the VCR. He'd program it in, put the VH, blank VHS tape. But by and large, you had to watch the show when it was on. You know what I mean? You're running the memes. You talk about the memes and stuff. People run into the kitchen during commercials and come sliding in when it comes. It's on, it's on, it's coming back on. Like, those are all funny because it's true. Like if you live that life, you're just running from wherever to get back to your show. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is that sometimes all of those descriptions I'm given at six o'clock, I have to do this and I have to do that. And it feels legalistic. It could. But for me, it's something that I'm so looking forward to. It's just like that television show I don't want to miss. So at six o'clock, my favorite show's coming on. My favorite day of the week, 6 p.m. Sabbath. And I want to run and make sure that I catch part of that. So instead of it being this, oh, I have to do this. It's I can't wait to do this. So I'm working hard to get ready for that 6 p.m. 6 p.m. alarm. All right. That leads me to another quick point. Sabbath is a gift. Uh, Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. It says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, have you never read what David uh, did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. And then he said to them, and this is important. The Sabbath was made for man, 
not man, for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift. God made Sabbath for us to receive. His rest. He's given us a biblical framework to be able to rest. See, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders had put so many rules and regulations on the Sabbath that they had literally, we were just talking about this, sucked the life out of it. It wasn't meant to be this rigid set of rules. It's meant to be a time of refreshing. It's meant to set, it was meant to set the children of Israel apart from all of the other people. It was meant to be a witness to the other nations. But they had placed so many extra rules on Sabbath that their goal to be, uh, the goal seemed to be to serve the Sabbath instead of the Sabbath serving the man. Now let me give you uh, another example. Let's um, there's a verse of Scripture in Exodus chapter 23 that says, Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Anybody ever read that? Yeah. It's, you know, there are weird things in the Bible. <laughs> Don't make sense in our context. Um, some scholars believe that, this reason, that the reason behind this was because it was possibly a pagan worship ceremony. And God didn't want his people participating in idol worship. And so they put, he put in this rule, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Uh, I don't really know the reason. I'm just glad we don't live under the old covenant. I'm just glad we don't live under the old covenant. Amen. Thank you. A few people. Uh, those of you that are still under the old covenant, I don't know where you do your animal sacrifices, but it's, <laughs> your house probably smells really bad. Um, Okay, don't cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Now, what that turned into was meat and dairy could not touch. Anybody ever heard that before? Yeah. Um, that turned into pots and pans that are used to cook dairy products cannot come into contact with pots and pans that are used to cook meat products, which led to Spoons, knives, and forks, serving spoons, which are used for dairy products, cannot also be used for meat products, which led to a dishwasher used to wash pots and pans, forks, spoons, and knives, and serving spoons that were used on dairy products cannot also be used to wash pots, pans, forks, spoons, and knives that were used for meat products. So to this day, when a practicing Jew uh, renovates their kitchen, it will include two of everything, two sets of silverware, two sets of cookware, two dishwashers, two sinks. Anything that could cross-contaminate dairy to meat must have two sets. Because remember, you can't cook a goat in its own mother's milk. Therefore, dairy and meat cannot touch. So no cheeseburgers. You can't do that. You can't have cheese and this doesn't go together. All of that from the verse, it says don't cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Now, I, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to be critical of Judaism. I, I, as I said in the beginning, I don't know a lot about it. Some of you are like, yep, yep. I didn't, I didn't know all of this until I began to study Sabbath. I had no idea. I never heard of any of this. Some of my New Yorker friends that are around, you know, huge Jewish communities are like, yep, that's how it is. I just didn't know. So I'm not trying to make light of that. But what I'm trying to say is that this is what the religious leaders of Jesus' day did with the law. They took something and they put all of these extra rules and regulations on it until it was unsustainable. Now, when I, and that's also what they did with Sabbath. Now, when I read this, what I'm about to tell you, I didn't believe it. And I said, this can't be true. Uh, but I Googled it, and it's true. Because you know if it's on Google, 
It's probably true. Uh, this is honestly true. Uh, modern refrigerators now come equipped with Sabbath mode. Anybody, did you know that? Anybody ever heard of that? Um, because, similar to don't cook a, um, a young goat in some mother's milk, there's a verse of Scripture that gave a law for the Sabbath, and it said, don't build a fire in the house on Sabbath, which turned into don't light a lamp on the Sabbath. As lamps went out and electricity came, it turned into no lights on the Sabbath. So in preparation for Sabbath, people would literally open the fridge, unscrew the light bulb, so that when they opened the, the door, the light wouldn't come on. Now, with modern technology, you can simply put your refrigerator in Sabbath mode, you can pre-program it, and all of the unnecessary functions, lights, water, and things like that, will cease to exist or cease to operate during the period of time that you've set that on your refrigerator. That way it will minimize the use of lights and all of those things. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about legalism versus the spirit receiving the gift of Sabbath. Rich Velodas tells a story in his book of a man yelling for him across the street in Queens. And this man is early on Saturday morning. And the man was yelling, are you Jewish? And he was like, what? And he was like, are you Jewish? And he was like, no, I'm Puerto Rican. And the guy was like, the guy was like great, I need your help. And so he comes over, he goes to the apartment building, this high rise. Um, so the, he tells a story, of, you know, and he embellishes the whole thing, just tells a lot of details. And basically, he gets in this elevator, and the guy just keeps looking kind of at Rich. I guess he just didn't tell him what he wanted him to do. And he's just kind of looking at the buttons. And uh, so Rich was like, oh, you want me to push the button? So he pushes the button on the elevator. They go up to the ninth or 10th floor to get his 90-year-old grandma or mom, whoever it was, and uh, get her downstairs so that they could go to the synagogue to worship. And he tells this story, really, essentially what the guy needed was he needed Rich to push the buttons because on the Sabbath you can't, you can't push the buttons. Now, in a lot of, in Jewish um, buildings, high-rises, the, the, just like a, uh, your refrigerator would have a Sabbath mode, the buttons or the elevators programmed on the, on the Sabbath to stop on every floor every time so that you can just get in and you just ride. You don't have to push a button. You don't have to work. I'm not sure how they get in their house if they have to unlock it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where the line is. It gets kind of, you know what I mean? Like it just, so legalism versus receiving, receiving the gift. Sabbath is a gift to be received, not a set of rules to be observed. That's pretty good. I'm going to say that again. Sabbath is a gift to be received, not a set of rules to be observed. Amen. All right. Some other how-tos. Um, Maybe consider deleting or logging off social media on the Sabbath. Um, Pastor Robert Morris had this to say regarding cell phones. He says, quote, for most of us, our phones are within reach 24 hours a day. Everybody said amen. amen. I got mine right here. So I can tell me what time it is. I don't even need it. My iPad tells me what time it is. But so now I have two devices up here. Sometimes I have a watch. I have three devices anyway. All right. So for most of us. Our phones are within reach 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've become our default focal point in every quiet moment or halt in activity. Standing in a line at the store, pull out the phone. Stop at a red light, look at the phone. 
a momentary lull in conversation with a spouse or a friend, check the phone. And then he says this. And this is, this is a pretty heavy punch in the gut. We've essentially hooked ourselves to a constant IV drip of worry, outrage, fear, and negativity inserted directly into our already weary souls. Now, I'm not here to preach about cell phone usage. Lord knows mine is as much as everyone else's. But maybe it would do us all good for 24 hours a week just to say, you know what? I'll answer that tomorrow. I'll check that notification tomorrow. Uh, which leads me to another how-to, FAQs, how-tos, slow down. We have to slow down. Uh, Pete Scazzaro talks about slowing down with intentionality. He says that on his Sabbath, um, and he, you know, he amps it up before he tells the story. You know, he's a New Yorker. You know, he talks about how his younger years, he always, people who talk slowly drove him crazy. He's all the time trying to finish their sentences. He's like, come on, let's go. Get on with it. Come on, come on, come on. But he talks about now as his relationship with the Lord has grown, that he intentionally slows down, specific, and especially on the Sabbath, that he will drive in the slow lane on purpose. He chooses the longest line at the store or wherever he might be on purpose. He slows down on purpose so that he can delight in God's creation. Because slowing down allows us to be intentional. It allows us to be intentional. Mike and I were talking about this Thursday. How many opportunities to share the gospel do we miss because we're just in a hurry? We've got to go, 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 go. I mean, what would it look like if one day a week we all just slowed down? You chose the slow lane and your phone was in your car. And you just talk to people that are around you. What would that like? How would that change the atmosphere of the places that we are? And it seems very counterintuitive. Again, I'm not trying to preach about cell phone usage. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm scrolling when I'm standing in line too. Like you know, I get that. But what would it look like to intentionally slow down? To slow down, and again, it's a heightened awareness of the love of God, where I'm looking for opportunities to. To give the love of God, I'm also looking and I'm receiving the love of God because I've slowed my life down, even if it's just for 24 hours a week. How many of you know that God is not in a hurry? When we move at a slower pace, we notice things that we are usually moving too fast to notice. I mean, how many sports fans, you know, you, your wide receiver on your favorite team makes the catch and you're sure he didn't step out of bounds? Are you sure that he caught it? You saw it with your own eyes. But upon further review, at a slower pace, it wasn't a catch at all. Or the player clearly stepped outside the lines. Because when we're moving as fast as we can move, we miss things. But when things are slowed down, we notice things that we could not have noticed at normal speed. When we move quickly all the time, we miss opportunities to live on mission. Sabbath offers us a weekly opportunity to intentionally slow down and live on mission. Shouldn't we be doing that every day? Yes, of course we should. But it's a bit, I, you know, when people are like, well, you do this every day. It's a bit idealistic to think that we can do it seven days per week when we can't even do it for one. All right, a couple more. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, what about emergencies? Luke 14, beginning of verse 1, Jesus addressed this. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to the house of a prominent Pharisee, 
He was being carefully watched. They wanted to make sure that he didn't put any cheese on his hamburger. <laughs> this is a bad joke. All right. Uh, remember, dairy meat can't touch. All right, so here we are. So he's in the house of this Pharisee. They're, they're, he's being closely watched. And there in front of him was a man suffering from an abnormal swelling of his body. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Uh, it's important to note that Jesus served others on the Sabbath. Sabbath is not about doing nothing. It's about ceasing from work so that we can delight in Jesus and others. And serving should be a delight for us. You know, Kate and I were talking about the things coming up, like our Sabbath is Friday to Saturday. So what does that look like on Big Church Work Day? Well, I'm, I'm volunteering. I'm coming to serve my church. That brings me delight. So I don't feel like I'm violating my Sabbath because I'm just serving. That's what I'm doing. It's not work. This is work for me. I'm working right now. But on those demo days and on the cleaning days, I'm serving. Does that make sense? Jesus served people on the Sabbath, and so should we. So should we. Serving should be a delight for us. It's an honor for us as Christ followers to serve others. Verse 5, then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes there's an emergency. Sometimes your ox falls in a well on the Sabbath. And when that happens, what do you do? You deal with the emergency. I love what Pastor Robert Moore says regarding this verse. He says, he's talking, well, he's making the same point. But he says, if your ox falls in the well every week, it's not an emergency. You're a bad manager. <laughs> and it's going to take some time. Because and I'm not, you know, I'm not great at systems and processes. That's not my, my mind doesn't naturally work that way. But we, you know, preparation, all those things, we've had to put systems and processes in place so that we could successfully have this Friday to Saturday moment where we're enjoying each other, delighting, stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating. Um, but there was a while that every week, you know, again, I told you the story. The first couple of weeks, it's like the house is a wreck. Okay, my ox is in a ditch. Well, if the house is a wreck every Friday at six, and I have to do that, then again, I'm, it's, I'm, we're just being poor managers of our time. So emergencies happen. Take care of those things. But if the same emergency is happening every week, we have to reevaluate our process and our preparation time to say, you know what, this is just a pattern. It's not an emergency. I need to do this, this, or this to get. So I can move forward. So we deal with emergencies as they come. But we also put systems in place and prepare in advance so that we can avoid repetitive emergencies. Look, there are people in the room that have already begun experimenting. And to me, this is so exciting. Um, there are people in the room that don't think this applies to them at all. And my encouragement to all of us, my encouragement to us as a body is to try it. To try it. Sit down with your spouse and look at the calendar and find a day that you might find a day that you think might work and just give it a shot. Involve your kids. 
How would it impact your family to have one day per week that was intentionally built around things that bring you delight as a family? How would your kids respond knowing that every Friday or every Saturday or whatever day you choose was a day where they get mommy and daddy all to themselves? And that's important because and we're trying to include our kids and they, you know, they've learned they're learning the language of Sabbath. So on Friday, you know, part of our morning and I've shared this before, but part of our morning routine is, hey, boys, you know, it's going to be, you know, today's going to be they say a great day. And then we say today is going to be a great day because this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will choose joy, gratitude and peace in Jesus name. Amen. We say that every day on the way to school. Sometimes they don't like it. It's grumpy. And we're all very mad at each other before we drop each other off. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> I will choose joy and not beat my children. <laughs> Just kidding. I never I would never. Now on Friday, we say, boys, you know, today's going to be we go through the thick. You know what else today is? It's soccer day. So we're excited about that. We get to play soccer. You know what else it is? It's Sabbath. You know what Sabbath means? And Bennett said this past Friday. So does that mean we get to play games? Aww. Yes, it does. That's what it means. It means we're going to go play soccer and we're going to hang out together and we're going to wrestle and daddy's going to build Hot Wheels tracks and we're going to play Yahtzee and it's just going to be 24 hours. We're going to watch football and we're going to take naps and that's what it's going to be. And we're going to delight with each other. What would it look like in your family? 24 hours, one day a week, intentionally, Spending time with your family together. Rich Velodas describes Sabbath this way. He said, quote, We're often so used to producing that we forget to be present. The Sabbath, then, is a day of presence. A day of being present to God, present to others, present to creation, and present to ourselves. What if Sabbath gave our spouse or our kids the gift of us being present? Pete Scazzaro described the Sabbath as a holiday once per week. And we're moving into the holiday season as we speak. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And I love the anticipation of Thanksgiving. You know, how many of you Thanksgiving is your favorite holiday? How many Christmas, you're the Christmas people? How many couldn't, you know... Not Scrooges. We got a bunch of Scrooges. I don't like any of it. But the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the green bean casserole, the homemade desserts, pecan pie, sweet potato pie, toenail pie, as Katie always says. But he tells the story, Pete Scazzaro does in one of his books about these Jewish kids running through the street with excitement on the Sabbath day because it was almost Sabbath. It was like Thanksgiving meal once per week. And we have a big meal on Wednesdays, typically, as a family. I wish that our schedules would align so that we could do it on Friday as part of our Sabbath. But it gives me great joy when the whole family is just sitting there, sitting there at the table. And that's what Sabbath looks like in a lot of, in a lot of context. Now, I tell a lot of stories about myself, everything from throwing firing pans at the front door to honking my horn excessively while being flipped off uh, <laughs> because of my amazing driving skills. I don't know if people are just jealous of how I, well I drive. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, for the first two years of our church, angry fast food drive through stories were a staple 
almost two or three times a month, I had a story to tell of how I'd lost my temper and did something crazy. But the truth is, is during that time, I had nearly no margin in my life. And I'd never considered Sabbath ever, not in my entire, not ever in my entire life. But when we began to implement this practice, my edginess diminished. I was no longer a ticking time bomb waiting for you to give me uh, onion rings instead of fries. Like I just, I wasn't on edge. And there are many of you in the room right now that are living your life on edge and you need, you need a Sabbath. Um, if you're one of those people who live life with little to no anxiety or worry, or it takes a lot to trigger you, I'd be willing to bet that you have rhythms of rest built into your life already. Even if it isn't an intentional Sabbath, even if you haven't ever heard about this, um, I would bet that there's rhythms of rest that keep you refreshed enough that you're just not living on edge. Uh, sometimes we can honor the principles of God without even knowing it. And the associated blessings still apply. That's why when you watch secular people who are clearly not Christ followers, who are living a lifestyle that's completely contrary to Scripture, but they're giving all kinds of stuff. They're generous, and it just seems like stuff just keeps coming to them. That's the principle of giving and receiving. It's active in people's lives, even if they're not acknowledging God for it. Does that make sense? Yes. And, I mean, if you don't believe in gra gravity and you jump off a building, you're still going to fall. And so that's what happens. Sometimes if you're, if you're not honoring Sabbath, quote unquote, but you have rhythms of rest in your life, then you're not nearly as edgy as everybody else. And so when we honor the principles of God, honor the principles of Scripture, the associated blessings still apply to our lives. So if you're living a life of peace, I guarantee you have a rhythm of rest built in, even if it looks differently than what we've been describing in the last few weeks. Um, Adrian, you can come play. I want to wrap this up. Physical rest is of some benefit, but we also need spiritual, mental, and emotional rest, and that's what Sabbath offers to us. Um, so the four things that, we're, that I'm asking us to do, what do you do on the Sabbath? Stop, first and foremost. Just stop working. Unplug, whatever that looks like for you. Rest, delight, that's things that give us joy. See, for some of you coaching soccer, Katie and I are coaching, that would be work to you, and you don't want to do that on your Sabbath. For me, I really enjoy it. We're interacting with community. Like this, you know, this is my bubble right here. But when I'm on the soccer field three days a week, I'm interacting with people that aren't a part of my bubble. I'm serving my community, and I'm serving these little kids, and we're able to pray for them, and just all the things. So that's part, I, 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 that brings me delight for an hour and a half on Friday night to be there with those kids. So stop, rest, delight. Find something that brings you delight. Movies, does that refresh you? Go to the movies. Watching movies on television? Turn the lights down, get some popcorn. Watch a movie. I started to say Netflix and chill, but I didn't know if that was going to be appropriate or not. <laughs> Only if you're married. <laughs> stop, rest. Nobody run back there and tell Katie what I said. <laughs> Stop, rest. I just want to see if you're listening. Delight, 
Find things that bring delight in your life. Is it mowing the grass for three hours? And put on some worship music in your headphones and go mow the grass. Do something that brings you delight. 24 hours. Slow down. Take a look around. Contemplate the love of God. And we walk out of here today, the weather is going to be absolutely amazing and beautiful. 24 hours of intentionality of saying, wow, I'm just going to enjoy this for a moment. I, don't, I have no have-tos and I have no ought-tos because for 24 hours, I'm just engaged in who He is. I'm resting in His love. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this On day. behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.